listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Father, we thank you, God, that you're so awesome. God, we pray that you would speak to us, speak through us tonight. God, that you would challenge us because, God, normal isn't working. And, God, it's time to get weird. And, God, we're going to be weird for you. God, we're going to change this world. We're going to see our culture change. We're going to see our family. We're just going to see things change. Why? Because we change. And, God, we thank you that you're a God of change. You're a God of transformation. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. If you have your Bibles with me, you tonight, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. This is the scripture that we've been using. This is the third message now in this series, Weird, because normal isn't working. And I really believe this is going to be a great, great message. It's going to be a great opportunity for God to do great things. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. I'm actually going to read from another translation tonight. It's going to be from the um, New Living Translation. It says this, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, because the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever will find it. Tonight we want to talk again about being weird, because normal isn't working. It never has worked, and it's finally caught up with us. We think that normality has worked, and and we've lived life, but it's caught up with us now, and most of us, we would realize that we find ourselves many times trapped on the rat race of normality. But Jesus wants us to be weird. We just read from the Bible that there are two ways. There's the broad way and there's the narrow way. We just read of the fact that the normal way is a way that many people go down. The normal way is the way that everyone else is doing it. We've said that so many times in our lives and we've lived by that, unfortunately. Well, everyone else is doing it. That's the broad way. And from what we've just read, if we're going that way, everyone is doing it then clearly we are on the broad path. But look again at the verses, how those verses begin. From the New Living Translation, listen to what verse 13 says from the beginning. You can enter God's kingdom. Here's a big word right here. You ready? Only. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. And there's something about a narrow gate. And you know what that is? You've got to be weird to fit through it. You've got to be weird to fit through that gate. Normal people do normal things at a normal breakneck pace and they never have enough time to do what's the most important. I wonder how many times in our lives, even today, we can echo that and say, that's true. 
Unfortunately, the most important things perhaps of my life I haven't been able to do. Why? Because I've just been so busy with so many other things. Here's what I want us to try and accomplish when we talk about being weird. Because when we're talking about weird, we've said this before, we're not talking about being freak show weird, annoyingly weird, crazy weird, that people look at us and go, ah, and they run. But we want there to be a distinction between us and the world. Do I hear an amen? That not that we're blending in and fitting in, because we've done that, unfortunately, too well. And now it's hard many times to even tell those who are Christians and those who are not. And some of the practices that most Christians even adapt today in their lives, there is very little difference in the way they live to the way they used to live. I believe God died on a cross to set us free, not for us once again to live in limited bondage. Now they'll say it's limited bondage, but anything that's bondage is, guess what? Bondage. If it's not the whole truth, it's no truth at all. Come on, do I hear an amen in the house? So people have taken up these kind of things. But what we're trying to achieve through this is we're going to try and make you weird. But what we're talking about is this. We're going to try and get to that place where we realize our lives don't have to do what everyone else is doing. That our lives can be different. That we're called to a different drum. That we're called to a different beat. That God has placed us in this world, but the Bible says we're not of this world. So if we're in it and we're not of it, that means we're weird. We're aliens. We're just passing through. And sometimes it's hard. Come on, let's just be honest in the house. After all, it is church. It's a good place to be honest. But it's hard sometimes to do different things to everyone else. It's hard when they're conversating around the water cooler and they're talking about this and that for you to turn around and say, you know what, I don't believe in that. And that's not right. That's not what God's word. It's hard sometimes to be weird. But it's a good thing and never a bad thing. And you know why it's a good thing? Because it's a God thing. Being Jesus weird is living by his standards and not the world's. Every one of us is so busy in here. Every one of us are too busy in here. And every one of us has the opportunity to even become busier and busier and busier. But I think it's time, and God has really been challenging me as I've been reading this book by Craig Rochelle, Weird Because Normal Isn't Working. And I've been looking through the principles of according to God's word and just what's been... God has really been challenging me and says, Philip, it's time you cut the pace of your life. Our lives are moving too fast. In fact, many of us, if not perhaps all of us, our lives are going at an unsustainable pace. What does unsustainable mean? It means it's going to catch up with us sooner or later. We can't keep going at the pace that we are. And also, our lives living at such a pace is totally unbiblical, which means against what God wants For every one of us. So here's what we're going to focus in on tonight. We talked about time on Sunday. And here's where we're going to focus in tonight. This is the title of my message tonight. And it's this. We are simply not present. We're simply not present. If you were to ask most people, well, what's the problem with time? Most people would say we don't have enough of it. If only we had 
more of it because that's the solution that we've convinced ourselves into believing that if we have more time we can do more stuff but the problem is the more time we have the more stuff we do and the important stuff still gets pushed further and further back if you were given an extra day of the week that would be three extra hours a day I wonder what we would do with those extra three hours I wonder if we would use that and say, God, that's your time and I'm going to read and pray. Or I wonder if we'd say, good, I can get my oil changed now and I can wash my car and and I can do this. Basically, fill my life with more meaningless things. But here's what we need. It's not more time we need, but we need a greater awareness of the time that we have. A greater awareness to the time that we do have. We've got to look at our lives and evaluate our lives. And we've got to begin to cut out the unimportant stuff to have time for what is the most important. We're going to talk about that more more in our small groups. What is the most important? In other words, you and I have all the time we need to do what God has called us to do. If only I had more time, then I could do this for God, do that. No, listen, stop, 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 stop. God has given you enough time to do everything he wants you to do. You have the time at hand. You have the time available. Look what it says in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. And it says this. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we could read on, but let me take that first part again. It says, And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God has given us everything, made everything available that can pertain to our lives, to what he wants us to do, that we can be godly, Christ like, that we can fulfill the call and purpose that he's placed upon our lives. We have the time to do it. We've just allowed normal to rule our time. We've just allowed normal that isn't working to steal our time. As long as we are so busy, our minds and our hearts are somewhere else. At work, at home, at the store, on Facebook, at the hospital, at church. On and on it goes. We're simply not present. Our minds are cluttered with endless to-do lists. There's no room for us to experience The joy in almost just being alive today. I wonder how many of us just took a few seconds today just to say thank God for the sunshine and the beautiful weather. But our heads are down as we're going flying through life that we're not even appreciating the life that is around us. And sadly, as we discovered on Sunday, the truth reality or true reality is this. Our culture tells us that this is normal. And it's what's expected. That you have to be busy. That you have to do this. But listen, that's not the culture that we have to live by. That's the culture of normal. And remember the last time I checked, normal isn't working. But in order to change our culture, to change our lives, there needs to be some drastic changes that needs to be made on our behalf. We're simply not present. What I mean by that is, and we all know what I mean by that, we're there physically, we're there in person, but that's it. That's what it means to simply what? Just simply not be present. We're simply not 
present. That's what it means. We're there physically. Yes, we're present. Our name's on the roll sheet. But our minds are somewhere else. On other things that still need to be done and taken care of. Yes, we're in a conversation, but guess what? We're not part of the conversation. Why? Because I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to pick up this. I can't forget that. It's amazing how we are simply not present today. And when we are around the ones we love, and when we're doing the most important things, we cannot afford to live like that. Come on, I'm going to be the first one to put my hand up and say guilty as charged. When it's quality time, I should be spending with my kids. My mind is somewhere else. Thinking about, oh, I've got to do this. And Can I tell you this too? A lot of the things I'm thinking are not wrong things. It's what I need to do in the church and how I need to get this message and how I need to do this and how I need to do that. But isn't it amazing how we can be present but not really there? How we can be in a conversation but yet we're not even talking about that conversation. We're thinking about something else. You know when our wives, guys, when they talk to us and say, listen, you're not even listening to me and miraculously we can just pull out the last words that they have said. But they know that we're not there. They know that we're not really not listening. That we're not really there. If you were to ask most wives and most husbands what they would think in regards to this, their words that they would come to, the conclusions they would draw is this. Many times my husband and wife's mind is not even here. And here's the challenge for us tonight. Wherever you are, be all there. Think about that. Wherever you are, Be all there. Put down the phone that does everything now, even takes calls. You know that a phone even takes calls these days? I mean, it's amazing. They seem to do everything else that you forget that it's really a phone. But put down the phone. Turn the TV off. Separate yourself. Listen, I've told my leaders, and and, and again, it's a challenge in my life. Don't bankrupt yourself outside of the home that when you come home, you have nothing left to give to your family. Now, don't go home and don't say Pastor Philip didn't say we shouldn't work hard at work. I never said that because I believe you should be the best worker and the best employees there are. But what I'm saying is don't give everything and every ounce that you've got and come home and you're bankrupt and you're spent and your kids are looking at you and saying, Dad, will you do this, do that? And I'm just too tired. I've got nothing left. I really think it's time that we get weird. You know what weird is? That when we're present, we're all there. Because normal tells us it's okay, you've got so much on your plate, you've got this and that and everything else. I mean, who works just 40 hours anymore? I mean, come on, it's not normal. I mean, there's more and more, you know, and all this. Come on, weird. We've got to get weird because normal isn't working. And you know what normal families look like today? They're falling apart. Their careers override their family time. Kids are rebelling because there's major disconnection between the parents. Marriages are failing. There's marital affairs. Lives are wrecked and ruined. We're stressed, exhausted. We're overwhelmed. All part of what they have told us today is part of normal living. But it's not working. And here's something else you've got to realize today. It doesn't work and you cannot think you can fix it. A lot of time we can look and turn around and say, well, that's good enough for Dan and good enough for this one. But you know what? I'm different. I, I can handle it. Listen, you can't handle normal. 
Because normal will handle you. There is no exceptions to the rule here. It's broken and it's unfixable. But it's a dead end street. The only answer and the only solution is not to fix normal but to get weird. To get weird. Today all around us in our lives normal people live distracted, rarely fully present lives. Where weird people silence the distractions and remain fully in the moment. You know what will happen if we begin to apply ourselves right where we're at? You know what begins to happen in our homes? You know what begins to happen in our lives? The quality of our lives will drastically change. And the depth of the relationships in our homes will be stronger and greater than it's ever been. If you are there, be all there. Come on, if you're there, be all there. Have a greater awareness of your time. A.W. Tozer said these words. He says, when you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. Let me say that one more time. When you kill time, remember it has no resurrection. If we were to ask many people, and perhaps all of us in here, if you had to do things different, what would you do? What drastic changes would you make in your life? Most people would turn around and say, you know, I would drastically change this and I would drastically change that. But most people would turn around and say, I would realize what's the most important and everything else would have to take second place behind it. That I would put my life in order. Most people would say, if I had another chance, I would make drastic changes. But the, the, the fact of the matter is tonight, we don't have a second chance. We don't have a second chance of raising our kids. We don't have a second chance of where we're at. You may say, well, yeah, I do because I'm going to have another kid. But what about the first kid? You don't have a second chance with them. We've got to start realizing today that what we've got to seize the moment. It has to be now. We must avoid what everyone else is doing because that's normal. And we need to get weird. We need to believe that it's okay to sit around a table again as a family and have a meal together. We need to believe it's okay to turn the TV off every now and again, get some games out, go outside and throw a football. Normal families aren't doing that, but weird families are. And normal families are falling apart, but weird families are growing in God. Let me read this scripture again from you from Ephesians 5 verse 15 and 17. It says this, or 15 through 17. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. I love that word, circumspectly. See then that you walk circumspectly, means carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time. Taking back time. Satan wants to steal something away from you that you can never get back. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil And they're getting more and more evil every day. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know what the will of the Lord is? We just read it. To be wise and redeem the time. Hello? Well, Pastor Philip, tell me what the will of God is for my life. To walk in wisdom and to watch your time. To redeem your time. To live weird. To where you're at, be there. Use wisdom. Be wise, not foolish. Be weird, not normal. Instead of always asking, do I have time for that? 
Or am I free to do that? You know, someone could say, you know, I can say to Dustin and Alicia, hey, Kelly and I would love to go out for lunch with you. Hey, let us know if you've got time. Dustin, if he's a good husband and he's learnt his lesson, will turn around and say, Philip, let me talk to my wife. Because, guys, we all know that they are the boss. As Miss D says, the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck. Head don't move without no neck. And all the ladies said, amen. So Dustin says, Philip, let me see if we've got anything planned. Let me see if we've got time. Let me see if we're free. How many times do we use that by saying, let me see if I have time? Nothing wrong with that. But perhaps we need to take it one step further and ask ourselves this. Is it wise? Not just do I have time, but is it wise? Because if, think about this, if Dustin and Alicia are really trying to get their finances in order and they've perhaps cut cable and just different things because they're trying to get ahead and they want to have their house paid off and all this kind of stuff. It's not just a case of time going out, but you know what happens? What if they go out? They're going to have to charge on a credit card or pay for something that they didn't plan to perhaps do. So when you think about it, it's not just a case of, time, we need to ask ourselves, is it wise? Not just does it fit in, but is it wise for me? Is it wise? Why? Because it's not just availability that we need to consider. And that's what often we do in our lives. We just look at the availability and see and consider that. But there are other important considerations that we need to consider too. Is that wise for my life? Is it wise for my family? Is it wise for my finances? Is it wise for my testimony? Is it wise for what I'm trying to do? It's not just a case of do I have time, but using wisdom in the time that we have available. We've got to start saying no to good things so we'll be able to say yes to the best things got to start saying no to good things. I mean, going and hanging out with Pastor P and Kelly, I mean, is great. But sometimes you need to say no to those good things. Why? Because God's got best things. How many believes God's got best things for your life? But the greatest enemy to best is good. And we can settle so often. Weird people know there is no time like the present. If we're going to be weird, we've got to seize the moment. Here's something else. I'm almost finished. Weird people take time to rest. Take a Sabbath. You know what we've got good at doing today? We've got good at observing the Sabbath, but God says we need to take the Sabbath. We need to have a time to rest. If God himself rested, what makes us think that we can go without rest? I was just reading today in Leviticus 23 that he was talking about how every seven years that the land was to be rested, and they weren't to plant anything. And the words that they said was, well, how can we survive if we don't plant anything? And this is what God said, on the sixth year, I will give you three times the amount of harvest. So what will happen? So it will sustain you, because one year it's empty, and then you've got another year before it produces again, and then in the third year, you're going to have enough. 
And I thought to myself, how incredible is that? We turn around and we say to ourselves, we don't have time to be in church. We don't have time to rest. We don't have... I believe that when we start honoring God with our lives, and we talked about that Sunday morning, one thing, when we put God first, I'm telling you, He will redeem the time that we do have. I mean, only God can produce three times the amount of harvest in one year. Not the other years, just that year, because he's going to sustain through the time of rest. We've got to learn to turn off our TVs, to turn off our phones, and to turn off our computers. Go out and throw a ball with the kids. Sit down and talk. Do something meaningful. Take time out to rest. It's amazing how many of us would turn around and say, I've got no time to rest. If you don't rest soon, rest will be forced upon you. If you don't rest soon, rest will be forced upon you and it will probably be in the form of a hospital bed as you're exhausted laying there. Hospital bed's a good one. There's a lot worse ones that could be like a casket because you're killing yourself if you're not giving yourself rest. Weird may not be the popular way, but it's the only way to live. Because it's his way. And we know the type of life or the quality of life that God wants us to have. It's abundance. And We also know this, that normal isn't working. And it's never going to produce that type of life. It never has and it never will. It's time to get weird. So wherever you're at, be all there. Come on. I, I, I wished I could turn around and say it's going to be easy for us. But come on, work together. Husbands and wives work together and say, come on, let's make a pact. If we're going to be here, let's put that in the cell phones. Let's, let's just not have this or that. You know, let's push that aside. And a pastor friend of mine challenged me that on a Monday. He said, Philip, when you have your day off, don't even take any calls from people in the church. Don't do anything. Separate yourself. Get away from it all. He said, because if you don't, I'm telling you that I wished I'd have done that earlier in my life. He says, because now he says it's hard. He said, learn, enjoy your family, take that time. Come on, wherever we're at, be all there. We can all do that. Find out what's the most important. Give that the times and energies, not on wasted stuff. And we can always justify and say, well, I'm trying to do this because Christmas is coming up and I need this and this and this. I'm telling you right now, kids would rather have you than stuff. That's weird. Because everyone else wants the latest PlayStations and they want this and they want that and everything else. But kids would rather have your involvement. Well, we've got to get a new car because everyone else is getting a new car. Come on, it's a whole lot better to have a nice car that's fully paid off that you can invest and bless and do other things instead of being stressed to the max to have to be outside of your home paying for a car that you can't even enjoy because the payment is so big. Think about what we're talking about. Think about it. Because if we're going to be weird, weird people know that there's no time like the present, that they seize the moment. Is that okay tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. 
If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.